and welcome to the Internet Report, where we uncover what's working and what's breaking on the internet and why. My name is Arshana Kesavan, and I'm joined by Deepak Ravi, our technical sales engineer from EMEA. And Deepak's joining us from um, Dublin today. Hey, hey guys. Um, Deepak here. Really excited to talk. Thank you, Deepak. Um, so let's get into the headlines really quick. Um, last week um, was dominated by two outages, and, and I think oh, one of that one of these outages got more media attention than the other one. Um, both occurred on July 23rd. Um, the first one was a brief outage in um, EMEA, actually, in London, where broadband providers like BT, TalkTalk, and PlusNet had a meltdown because of a fire in um, OpenReach. OpenReach is um, a subsidiary of British Telecom, but uh, OpenReach is responsible for, you know, the, the infrastructure and plumbing that other ISPs rely on for the services. So OpenReach basically had um, a fire in one of their exchanges in Newcastle, and that brought down um, broadband services, so people were unable to make um, phone calls from their landlines or browse the internet. The second highlight and the outage from last week was the Garmin outage. And that's the one that's been receiving a lot of, um, you know, um, talk on the media because it is an outage that's still not completely resolved um, fifth day in. So the outage started on um, July 23rd, which was the Thursday. And um, Garmin is actually still recovering um, a lot of the services um, that were impacted, which includes Garmin Connect, um, Garmin Webmail, um, Garmin.com, and, and so on. So they are still in the recovery process right now. And what's also interesting is although users saw this as an outage for a long period of the time, we slowly started to see news reports that this was probably a cyber attack. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was more like a ransomware attack um, by, by Evil Corp, which is, um, and this is speculation, right? As in, I, I think there is right. a little bit of proof now, um, yeah. but none of it has been acknowledged um, by Garmin at this point. That's right. That's right. So yeah. we're still yet to get some official confirmation. Um, they initially claimed this to be a maintenance window and then, right. you know, that was actually an outage. Um, so to your point, Deepak, um, it seems like an outage that's been going on for almost um, four days, fifth day today, but Garmin's not necessarily come, come out and said anything about uh, what this is, why this is happening and, and what they are doing. So um, exactly. I saw a number of tweets which actually mm -hmm. said, hey, why didn't you, um, as a company, let us know that there is something else going on? Why was maintenance the word being used? Uh, but, you know, multiple news organizations actually ended up reporting this as a cyber attack. And that's how, you know, the users put the pieces together. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. They could have done a much better job of yeah. trying to be more informative and maybe a little bit transparent to, as to what's going on. Right, right. And I think like just in terms of, you know, the number of other applications that are relying on Garmin, like Strava was one of them as well. People were unable to like update their um, workout or download routes and things like that. You know, what you mentioned was an example of a regular consumer, you know, uh, you know, fitness and things like that, which, you know, is important. But I also understood that Garmin is responsible for um, official pilot airplane pilot data that mm. is being downloaded as well so it's you know at the end this is an uh, 
FAA requirement. Uh, I hope I'm getting the abbreviation correctly, but essentially, you know, it's it's not just affecting, you know, your day-to-day -day consumers, but actually yep. pilots as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely um, a global and, and you know, far impactful um, outage that's, that's hopefully Garmin recovers soon and, and we hear what they have to say um, quickly. But with that, you know, we're going to talk about this Garmin um, incident a little bit more today. So we're going to go under the hood to see what we saw from our perspective on um, how this unfolded and some of the takeaways and tidbits we could gain. But we're also bringing on um, into the show our... Um, security expert, our CISO from Thousand Eyes, who's going to talk a little bit more about, you know, ransomware, how to protect your organizations, and, and what are the best practices you can follow. So stay tuned for the rest of the show as well. With that, we'll go under the hood. So what we're looking at right now is actually um, webmail, which is um, a garment service. Again, it's an internal service used by their employees. But we're essentially looking at availability of this service. So one of the things that you know first um, comes glaring across here is the dip in availability um, around July 22nd. So this was really interesting, right, Deepak? Um, because news organizations were calling this outage um, to be uh, to have triggered on July 23rd, but we started seeing right. this of this a little ahead. So oh yeah, so we saw that, and as you can see here, um, we are live here, and it's still not up. So this is again one of the services that's still not fully recovered uh, within um, Garmin. But one of the interesting things that we noticed here, apart from this global um, availability, is um, just trying to go in here and see a little bit deeper as to what errors we were actually getting. So one of the things that we noticed here that um, webmail.garmin.com was actually being redirected to adfs.garmin.com here. And that's ADFS, that, that server um, was actually what was throwing the um, internal server error. And, and this was, go ahead. And, and yeah, I wanted to uh, really pinpoint that specific server because this is where we were able to make some educated correlation on whether this could have been a cyber attack, right? Uh, we, we do understand that cyber attacks that are ransomware related tend mm -hmm. to attack the Active Directory services. So maybe there's something to that. Right. Also, because I think like that, I mean, the authentication system, the Active Directory system is, is like so critical to everything else that, you know, um, users do or even employees do. So again, um, there's a there's some correlation, as you said, Deepak, rightly on this being a ransomware attack or a cybersecurity attack in this case and, and it bringing down ADFS systems. But I think... Right. Um, what was also interesting is like a little further into the timeline and, you know, around um, 3 a.m. Eastern, so really early in the morning um, Eastern time, we start seeing a connection reset by peer um, error. Now, this is completely different than what we saw, um, you know, just a few hours ago. But again, this was an indication that there was no redirect, you know, um, happening at, at this point in time. Right. Yeah, it was it was failing at the first server that was which was supposed to be redirecting. 
Right. So this was webmail.com was, you know, um, down as well at this point in time. Now, this seemed to be the case, you know, throughout uh, the next couple of days. Um, and then sometime around July 25th um, at around 8.30 p.m. Eastern, I believe we started seeing um, fail to connect to ADFS. We see that redirects have gone up, which means webmail was now successfully redirecting it to ADFS, but then the Active Directory system was, you know, um, kind of diffusing that connection itself. Oh, uh, so by the way, right, what's interesting is also that it was only at, uh, you know, I think, I think I'm kind of jumping timelines here, but it was only at 5 a.m. on July 23rd yeah. that the Garmin team first acknowledged that they were having a problem. Which right. is about which is about six hours since we started detecting a problem on the platform. Right, like we started seeing it at eleven thirty, um, July twenty third, twenty second, and then around five a.m. the next day is when um, right. Garmin actually and, and this was Garmin India, if I'm not wrong. Correct. That kind of you know alluded to like um, there was a problem again. All on Twitter is what we were yeah. seeing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I think the other interesting, you know, observation that we had here uh, was essentially as we were trying to, um, you know, kind of, uh, we go back to the right timeline uh, that we're looking at and expand in here a little bit, is um, we actually were connecting to connect.garmin.com, again, a completely different service than what we were looking at um, just a little while ago, but we're connecting to Garmin, Connect Garmin, and this was a service that was, um, down and affected all the you know data transfer and synchronization and all of that across their physical device and Strava and all the other apps that we use right and uh, again from a timeline perspective around 3 a.m eastern right uh, we started seeing an issue we started noticing that um, the entire transaction that um, that we had scheduled was failing and I think it was a wheel of death <laughs> that was um, spinning around uh, that point in time in terms of, you know, logging on to um, connect.garmin.com. Right. And I think um, it's important to point out that compared to the previous data set we were looking at where we were just trying to load the homepage, but mm -hmm. here we're actually trying to log in and authenticate with Garmin Connect and we're seeing the wheel of death. Right, right. And then I think the interesting thing, you know, filtering down to identify where exactly the error was happening, uh, we start you know, we saw 530 uh, response code coming in uh, from Cloudflare now. Uh, I think, you know, what we first start seeing is a 530 error. Um, and this is, this is exactly the same time when webmail.garmin.com was unable to redirect to adfs.garmin.com. I think, um, you know, interestingly, you know, while it looks like from July 23rd, there was a point in time around July 24th, the service actually came up. Um, that's not necessarily what this is indicating. This is, uh, you know, indicating that the transcript that we had scheduled to actually um, log into Garmin.com was successfully completing because that's the criteria or the, that's the attribute we are looking at right now. But what was interesting here? Why was the script actually completing? Were we really able to log into Garmin um, is the question. And it turns out um, 
we were not. We're not able to log it to Garmin. Instead, we were basically after the login screen were sent to kind of, you know, a standard, um, we have an outage going on, you know, just acknowledging that the systems are down. So even though you see this completion percentage here of 100% doesn't mean Garmin service was up itself, um, but you were just being redirected to like an outage page um, giving you the status. Now, uh, in terms of when are these services coming back up, we started noticing around uh, July 27th um, at about 14 hours ago that Garm connect.garmin is slowly up. And this is you know, um, accurate in terms of what we're seeing on Garmin's website too, right? They're talking about limited availability of some of their services, and we're also seeing uh, consumers get back and saying they're able to sync um, their workouts and, and so on. And here, if you again look at some of the snapshots that we're seeing here, you'll actually be able to see that we're able to successfully go beyond that login um, platform and then you know connect into Garmin and see what your services are or your devices that are set up and so on. So, yeah, I think the I think the good news for Garmin here is that they do have some level of delineation between uh, the different services that they host for consumers, and it's uh, it's it's kind of good to see that at least some of it's coming back up. It's interesting to note that the webmail service and the ADFS services haven't still come back up, yeah. right? So we still see those t uh, those services failing. Right. And it makes sense that they're kind of bringing up like consumer-facing services and then, you know, targeting that obviously, yeah, best practices. Um, again, um, one of the uh, interesting tweets that I read uh, over the weekend is, you know, uh, when, once Garmin is up, all the sync that has been pending for the last five days, if that's going to trigger, is that going to create some kind of DDoS attack? <laughs> so, um, you know, something that IT teams have to keep in mind that when you're recovering and bringing back a service, identifying, you know, um, what those dependencies are and if those dependencies are going to trigger um, you know, additional uh, load on your systems, kind of take that into consideration before you actually recover as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I hope uh, they plan for that. Yeah. All right, with that, we're gonna get into our expert spotlight. We have Alexander Anufriev. Alexander is our uh, Chief Information Security Officer at Thousand Eyes. And we thought it would be appropriate to bring him on um, the call today. Uh, to discuss, you know, ransomware attacks in general, because this week, um, the discussion of this week has been about uh, Garmin's um, attack slash outage uh, that happened last Thursday on July 23rd. And uh, it's been five days into the, um, you know, um, incident and Garmin is still recovering. So that would be great to bring Alexander in here and to just discuss about um, how ransomware attacks are, you know, orchestrated, what, uh, how do you get out of it? How do you prevent it? And um, just some interesting topics there. So Alexander, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. So I think the first line uh, of like, you know, the curiosity for me as I was like just reading through um, all the reports that's coming out. Now, again, Garmin has not necessarily claimed or acknowledged that this is a ransomware, but there is a lot of uh, press out there. And I think also some evidence to show that it's a ransomware. But as I'm reading through it, there are multiple names that get thrown out. There's Evil Corp, uh, sounds like it's from a movie. Uh, then you have um, 
wasted locker and you know so many other malware names that are being put out there so for our audience can you just um, kind of frame the lay of land as to who is evil corp what is wasted locker and what is a ransomware attack sure it's all, it, it all sounds like comics books evil corp is one comics wasted locker is another uh, wasted locker is actually a relatively new ransomware family it's been seen live since may 2020 and it is believed to be operated by so-called Evil Corp. Evil Corp is a group of cyber criminals uh, who has been in business since 2007, and it is originated from Russia. They've developed and deployed a lot of different malware. Mm -hmm. uh, their previous ransomware was called BitPamer. They are also responsible for executing attacks, stealing banking credentials, and many other attacks in the last 13 years. Uh, the name Wasted Locker is based on the file extension it adds to encrypted files, Wasted. And the typically attacks involved in this ransomware hit file servers, database services, virtual machines, the cloud environment, and all parts of critical IT infrastructure. Hmm. So the Wasted Locker strain of ransom attacks, um, that is that the part that encrypts or does all ransom attack like encrypt internal files? Uh, we can think that ransomware has two different flavors. One is traditional low cost execution ransomware that is sent to everyone. It's non-custom, it's generic and starts as a phishing attack. Mm -hmm. Somebody at home PC executes a, a malicious file and then their files get infected and they're asked to pay $700, for example. Yeah. Uh, this one, Wasted Locker, is highly customized and well-planned. Uh, it's a part of the bigger attack, it is, which is targeted attack. It may take several months to plan and execute. Uh, ransomware attack typically starts uh, either as a phishing email or um, vulnerability exploited in a system or application. Hmm. In well-planned attacks, when an attacker obtains access to the host, it won't trigger encryption right away. It starts performing analysis. What else can I do? What other damage can I uh, bring as part of this attack? And I spread laterally across all the networks, all the systems. Hmm. And in the end, you may achieve uh, your desired outcome by bringing almost every IT asset down, either by uh, encrypting data of the most critical IT asset, like uh, authentication uh, domain or virtualization infrastructure, or just putting everything down one by one. Wow, interesting. I kind of my next line of you know question was around how does one orchestrate this this attack, and you know is it just originated or triggered basically through a phishing attack and then slowly propagates? Um, and... Right. It, it's all of the above. Uh, okay. Phishing email, uh, even uh, social engineering phone call pretending to be your IT department and asking to urgently clean up your PC. Uh, combination of techniques. Um, the owner um, of an asset that has been compromised is essentially a victim and they will have a few choices. If it's a home-based user mm -hmm. and my files got encrypted, I can either pay $700 as they yep. requested or I can just forget about my files and accept the damage. Right. If right. I have a backup, I can restore files from the backup. Um, something that you mentioned, you know, is about how the attack, you know, kind of targets some really critical parts of the infrastructure. 
uh, earlier on the show, we were uh, walking through how this attack manifested, you know, from the vantage point of Thousand Eyes. And one of the things that we noticed in there was uh, while accessing or testing to an internal domain, a webmail domain of Garmin, we noticed that um, the ADFS server was um, either we were unable to reach it, um, it was throwing a 500 error, or it was blatantly just refusing any connection. Active Directory infrastructure is probably one of the most critical IT assets and part of enterprise IT infrastructure. It contains uh, user account information, information about computers, service accounts, and other critical information. If it's down, then probably most other critical services will be down as well. Mm. Databases, web applications, because they all use authentication credentials. Right. And employees will not be able to use services that even if they are even independent from the Active Directory because their authentication credentials are stored Outside in Active Directory. Right. And the ADFS, uh, which is an acronym for Active Directory Federation Services, is a, is a web application um, SSO, web SSO. This is how people get authenticated against ex internal Active Directory to access uh, web SSO applications. So in terms of, um, you know, uh, well, their entire system has been compromised and all the press and the damage that's happening there. Uh, one question that, you know, consumers are worried about or is, is, is around, is my password stolen? Is any of my personal information, my credit card information, is that compromised through a ransomware attack? Is that usually the case or not? Yeah, when, when we talk about these mass uh, cases for ransomware for home PC, it is, you can probably safely say it is not the case. Uh, for this one, it is difficult to say. Um, mm. Again, in most cases, it's not the case. Okay. Uh, making data publicly available or for sale is not the purpose of ransomware attack. The purpose okay. is to get the ransom. Um, <laughs> however, if uh, an IT uh, owner or asset owner lost access over their data, Right. Uh, anything may happen, and mm -hmm. only forensic investigation will be able to verify if any data has been exfiltrated or not. Got it. Okay. And in terms of recovery, we're seeing we're on day five um, since the incident, and Garmin is coming back up, um, but still there are some services that I believe are limited as of this morning. Um, is it normal to see a five-day recovery period? This is probably an indicator of very widespread attack. So the impact is very high, probably maybe mm. the highest we've seen so far. Right. Okay. But typically, as part of recovery uh, activities, you remove all the artifacts left by attacker, all the malicious code, backdoors, rootkit, compromised accounts that could have been created as part of the attack execution. And the organizations has to rebuild the system and rebuilding the main controller or active directory infrastructure may take a lot of hours. Right. Then we have to restore the data, perform all the integrity check, vulnerability scan, and anything else that is required by the incident response process. Uh, also, Pretty we need to have... Like, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we also need to understand what has failed in terms of data protection practices to make sure to minimize probability of such incident from recurring. When such well-planned attack is executed, an attacker would also try to disrupt um, operations of backup restore facility, make sure organizations hurt the most. They don't have running systems and they can't access a backup facility. 
Right, right. Interesting. That's a really interesting uh, point. Um, so, you know, Alexander, towards, towards the end of the uh, conversation here, how would an organization protect themselves from ransomware attacks? Yeah, there's probably no simple answer to this question, but the answer would lie within the comprehensive security program that addresses employee awareness and education, uh, physical, uh, logical security, business security as well. And let's not forget, backups are really important. Tapes are hardly used today, which creates probably an issue of true offside, offline backup. And uh, as we mentioned previously, if an attacker is able to compromise the primary data set, they will try to compromise backup data set as well mm. or to disrupt uh, restoration facilities. Wow, yeah. So true offside backup and true offline backup is really important. You're probably going to simulate more um, testing attacks on us to see if we are compliant or not. Yes, we will. We'll continue doing that for sure. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alexander, for being on the call and um, you know walking us through uh, what this is. It's 101 on ransomware for us. So thanks again. Thank you, Archie. Thank you, everyone. All right, thank you, Alexander. That was really, really insightful. And I'm hoping we hear back from Carmen exactly as to what happened and um, how they were actually, you know, planning their recovery and, and getting out of this um, situation as well. With that, that's all we have for this week. Um, don't forget to subscribe, uh, which will get you a free t-shirt by emailing internetreport at thousandeyes.com with your address and size. Uh, Deepak, thanks again for you know being on the show and co-hosting uh, today's episode for, uh, for the offer audience. Thank you, Arshina. It was a pleasure. All right. And again, one more thing before we leave is uh, we actually have the video for the state of the internet is now live on our YouTube channel. So if you missed the entire session or if you just missed parts of it, um, you can check that out on our YouTube channel. With that, we'll see you next week.